You are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. Rob, what's good, homie? Yo, man, we're on Thursday night to this week. Feels like a Wednesday, so I'm kind of adjusting my time schedule, but all for a good cause, Mike. A lot of cra- lot of bowling on uh, this past week. I got so used to it, Mike, that I feel like I'm missing out tonight that there's no bowling on. So, I feel, you know, I f- Rob, I, I, yo, I second those sentiments exactly. I came home today and I was like, damn, man, like, what am I going to do tonight? Like when eight o'clock rolls around, I mean, I know we got the podcast and that's cool, but like, yeah, I love watching live bowling on TV, man. I, I love watching live bowling on TV and Rob, you know, you're right. We had to wait for the show. We had to wait to wrap up uh, for uh, the best week in bowling to come to a conclusion. And I know my man, Jimmy, the ring and 10 agrees with me. He said that on, uh, he, he said that on social media today. So I appreciate that Jimmy for sure. Uh, but yeah, Rob, we had to wait for the best week in bowling to wrap up, get some of these events wrapped up so we could come on here and we could, uh, we could analyze and we could talk about bowling the way we love to do it, uh, with the fans by fans, right? Uh, cause that's what we are. And, uh, I know you watched all the shows. Everybody knows I watched all the shows. We were tweeting during the shows. Uh, we've talked a lot behind the scenes about what was going on out there, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for tonight's show to kind of wrap things up. I can't wait to hear what our regulars in the chat have to say about some some of our takes tonight. Uh, Dude, we I got told, some hot listen, takes tonight. I told Rob, I told, I'm going to share with the people, Rob. I told Rob before we came on there, I said, Rob, like, you know, it's our, it, it, it's our place in, in, in the analyzation game to come on and give the honest takes that we see from these shows that we discuss one-on-one. Right. And, and, you know, I think tonight you're going to, you're going to see a lot of that. So, uh, I'm excited. I'm hype. There's a lot of bowling to talk about Rob. Uh, and, and I, and, and Rob, the first order of business, the first order of business here, obviously, uh, is the, is the huge story that broke, you know, I'll say throughout the week, but really it was yesterday where things came to a head and, uh, it was announced by both players officially that really two two of the greats of the game, two of the greatest to ever do it, you know, two of the greatest to ever shoe them up and throw a ball down the lane uh, are both going to step away from the national tour uh, full time, you know, starting immediately. Uh, and, and obviously I'm referring to the retirement of Pete Weber that was announced and I'm I'm referring to the retirement of uh, of Walter Ray that was announced. You know, no no surprises there. What we're talking about, and Rob, we we want to start off uh, with this topic tonight because, quite frankly, uh, it deserves it. It, it, it. You know, it, it wouldn't be right for us to start an episode after this announcement with anything but uh, talking about these these two greats of the game. So. Um, I'll let you take it in whatever direction you want to. So, so okay. uh, give, give, so, give me your take. Let's hear what you have to say. So, first off, a couple of the the main me, uh, main media uh, mainstream media picked up on the Pete Weber story, completely forgetting to leave out Walter A. By the way, 
Uh, it just shows you how much more well-known Pete Weber is than Walter Ray in just the outside mainstream media world. Uh, Barstool, right? Uh, Bleacher Report. You ever really want some good reading on really what people in our like age group between, I won't say our age group, but younger, between 18 and like 30-year-old people outside bowling think of bowling? Go watch, go read the comments on Twitter uh, for Bleacher Report and Barstool and see what a lot of people are talking about when it comes to bowling in general. A lot of people like P. Weber, though. Uh, so there was a lot of, who do you think, you know, I am, you are talk. Uh, so here's my take is one, dude, P. Weber and Walter Ray, I grew up watching them bowl, okay? Uh, they're legends of the sport. To me, their their faces will be on the Mount Rushmore of bowling. Um, for them to go and retire in the same tournament out of the national tour, losing to the same opponent, going to five games uh, in each opponent, and Walter probably should have won that match, um, is unbelievable. It's really – the timing was pretty amazing, to be honest with you. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, like, it was – it was uh, definitely nostalgia to see, you know, your like heroes growing up bowling, um, get old and not being able to like, you know, do it how they used to do it. Uh, a little bit sad in a way, um, you know, but definitely happy, uh, you know, to, to see them go out the way they wanted to go out. Pete went out on his shield. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but Walter, you know, is it was such a stand-up guy his whole career. Nicest guy if you ever met him personally. And yeah, happy that they could now concentrate on the PBA 50. So I wouldn't call it a hundred percent retirement, Mike, 50% retirement, right? We won't see them on TV as much, uh, but you know, happy for them. And what an amazing career on the national level for both. You know, you won't see anybody that changed the game as much as Pete Weber did uh, outside the lanes as well as on the lanes. Uh, I think he's going to go down as my opinion, probably the guy who changed the whole face of the PBA. And I don't know, I, there'll never be anybody who like him. And it's sad for me to, to say that because we need a hundred of him bowling on tour. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree with a lot of what, what you said, right? Uh, most, most certainly. So the idea that these are two guys who, you know, were our idols uh, growing up. If you were a bowler, right? Like if you're a bowler and you're 40 years old, uh, you know, Pete Weber and Walter Ray were two guys who you watched on many Saturday afternoons. Okay. And I have a lot of good memories of that. And then later on, you know, on, on various different outlets, right. But, uh, you, you, we've been watching these guys, uh, succeed and work their way, uh, to the top of the game for a very long time. Right. So there's, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, memories connected to these players for anybody who's into bowling. So I certainly agree with that. Uh, I agree with Jimmy uh, that it, it's, it's really appropriate that they both retired at the same time. You know, they, they were opposites and they were rivals throughout their whole for, for out. I won't say their entire careers because Pete, Pete, like I think came to um, be known as a great bowler a little bit earlier than Walter Ray. Right, where Walter Ray came into the winning scene of things a little bit later. But Dude, then he once, won his first title in seventy nine, I think. It I was. know, I know, and that's why I say that. So like uh Walter Ray, 
comes comes in a little bit later into the winning picture of things, and then from that point on, yeah, it, it, they really became two of the uh, two two people who were constantly battling it out. I mean, uh, one of my favorite documentaries, and I've said it here before, is uh, A League of Ordinary Gentlemen, right? And uh, I, I in that documentary, the last match of that PBA season, where the new owners had come in and they were really trying to turn things around was actually Walter Ray against Pete Weber. And you could tell that uh, the person who was running the tour at that time for the new owners, he wanted Pete Weber to win the match. He wanted Pete Weber to get to Walter Ray, and he wanted him to win the match because Weber was such an attractive personality and, and such a polar personality in bowling. you know. And and that's something that I'll always remember is, is Walter Ray and Pete Weber, uh, both, both being competitors, uh, both being rivals for a long time in their career. Uh, Pete Weber kind of referred to it by himself on his own, uh, where where he talked about the fact that, uh, you know, they had been rivals for a long time. Flo put out a video where they sat down and discussed it. Um, you know, obviously, I think Walter Ray got the better of that in terms of the wins and the titles and the money and, and things of that nature. But Rob, when it comes to the fans, right? And again, Pete said it himself. You know, Pete had way more uh, attraction and opinion from the fans. I think very polar. You either liked them or you hated them, and you know, people had strong opinions about him. Uh, whereas Walter Ray, you know, a little bit more of the uh, of of the, uh, the the goat status, I would say, uh, in wins. But yeah, not the same uh, appeal to the fans. Yeah, so uh, thank you for the people in the chat correcting me. Uh, he won his first regional in 79. I think it was his first national title was 82. I was one years old when he won his first national title. That's crazy to me. Like, I was one. I was born 81, Mike. So, like, that's he's been bowling as long as I've been born on a national tour and winning. So... God, I'm going to miss P. Weber. And, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm throwing a call out to all the national pros right now out there to uh, somebody please pick up his legacy and try to make bowling interesting on and off the lanes. Because, you know, right now, looking at the new generation coming up, Mike, I only see a couple of guys that, you know, have the ability to maybe try to, like, be entertaining on and off the lanes and still be able to win and make shows. So it's to me that was the most important part of P. Weber is he could he could walk he could talk the talk, but he could walk the walk. He backed up, man. You put he, he put his money where his mouth is, honestly. Like he would talk shit, but he would back it up. He was one of the most feared players when he was in his prime. And he he let you know it too. And we need more of that. We need a hundred P. Weber's bowling on tour right now. The, the ratings and the sponsors would be would be coming through the you know through the the, the roof but unfortunately i haven't seen that in, in today's game so yeah man just a sad a definitely emotional watching pete in his retirement speech and you know just still going out in a shield mike talking about hey i could still hit the pocket like they can i just can't strike and man that's where the game is these days you know if they were if yeah. they were tougher he had to let no, everybody sorry. know that, right? He had to let yeah. everybody know that, yeah, you know, because that's Pete. I can still that's throw Pete. it and hit the pocket as much as you can. <laughs> that's you know? Pete so Pete. yeah, some, some vintage stuff there. Uh, so Rob, this kind of makes me think of like, what, what are your great memories 
uh, what's the memory, right, that you take away of Walter Ray and and Pete Weber? Okay, so trying to find Walter Ray's greatest moment and just thinking about it, there isn't really a greatest moment to me. To me, it's the fact that if he didn't make the show in his prime, that was a a, a surprise. Uh, he was on the show every week. He was winning, felt like every week. Uh, and he was so consistent and so just, you know, accurate in just everything he did was so like planned out. Like he just had a game plan and just was so consistent and so accurate. To me, though, the moment just thinking of Walter Ray's career is the fact that he was a national horseshoe pitching champion. I mean, I thought, I think that was just amazing. And we interviewed Walter Ray. If anybody doesn't know that, you could find it in our archives. We talked about how he got into bowling and how horseshoe pitching kind of related into bowling. It was a great interview we did. It was an honor to actually interview him because he was our hero and one of our, you know, favorite bowls growing up. But uh, yeah, really not a really favorite moment. Just the fact that the guy was a national horseshoe pitching champion and he was always on TV. And how about Pete? What what memory do you take away there? You know, I'm not going to say who do you think you are. I am because that's to uh, that's me, what it is for me. That's definitely I know. What it is for me. No, I but I listen. I saw that tournament live, right? Yeah, I saw that tournament in person. I was in the building, know. you know, li- leading up to that show. I wasn't there for the show, um, you know. So yeah, for me, it's that. That's yeah. You know, I know. I, but, but easy, how, I know. I know. It's the easy bowling, thing. But, as bowling podcast influencers, right, is what we've been called. Um, I feel like I need to dig down deeper to find Petey's greatest moment. To me, and being who I am, was the interview where he talked about getting it in. And that, that's how he, uh, you know, he bowled well when he got it in the night before. And I think that's just, like, that's complete Pete for you, right? Like, him just saying whatever the hell he wants, not giving a shit what anybody thinks of him, doing his own thing, you know, incorporating, you know, a crotch chop. Uh, saw uh, that. You know. Saw that last night too, Rob. Very clearly, yeah. dude. The guy just didn't care what anybody thought. He did what he did because he he knew the people, you know, were eating it up, and he just wasn't afraid to be himself. And he didn't care about. I would love to ask him if I was a, get a chance to interview is how much career fines that he had from the PBA in his lifetime. Because I'm sure he got fined a, a, a million times in his career. I'd love to know the final count on, including last night's f bomb, to see if he got fined for that. Um, I would love to know the final tally of his fines, and I would love to know, uh, you know, if he, you know, if what he was really trying to say or what he, who he was yelling at, and the who do you think you are? I am, because that's still a mystery to me. And I, I said it on previous shows. I think we'll find out who killed Hoffa or where Hoffa is before we find out who Pete PDW was yelling at. Um, and uh, real quick, uh, Jimmy, uh, while we're talking about Pete, do you consider Pete Weber an ambassador for the sport? Absolutely, I do, because he's well known throughout the bowling world. If you you're bowling, you don't know who Pete Weber is. You're living under a rock, but he's also also a huge ambassador outside the lanes. He's been on talk shows. He's been on ESPN. He's been on so many mainstream sport platforms that yes, he is an ambassador of the sport, whether he knows it or he doesn't know it. Uh, everybody knows who Pete Weber is and everybody knows who Pete Weber is associated with bowling. So, uh, oh, lengthy, Pete's had suspensions, fines. 
yo, my my man has been through it, man. I love the guy for it too. Didn't really give a shit. Now everyone in today's game is so afraid to get fines and and get suspended, and you know they're not afraid. They're afraid to be themselves because of it. So, you know, Pete wasn't like that, man. So miss, we're gonna miss Pete. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in terms of my memories of these two players, you know, obviously the the fifth U.S. Open for Pete Weber definitely comes to mind, and that's that's going to be one of them no matter what. Uh, but I I I also think that uh, in terms of of what you remember from Weber, uh, you remember the attitude. You know, you remember the performances. You remember the reaction. Um, so so again, not not one specific uh, memory there, but more a, a general impression that you're left with. Uh, in terms of Walter Ray, I will say that I have more of a, a personal uh, memory of Walter Ray uh, from the U.S. Open at Carolier, the first year that Bill bowled. Uh, he bowled as an amateur, and he almost made the show. And at one point on that last block of match play, uh, I believe it was on a Friday night. Uh, I think he, I remember this. <laughs> he he bowled Walter Ray, and <laughs> yeah, uh, the match the match. I don't. I, I'll be honest. I don't remember the dead specifics of the match, but <laughs> you know exactly where this. I is know going. where this is going. I know so the story. This there's a there's a match going, and listen, you got to understand the building was packed with Bill O'Neill people. Like it was everybody was there. Everyone I knew that was around the area who knew Bill was in the building at Carolier that night. And the house was heavily, heavily favored towards Bill O'Neill. And there was a lot of chirping going on because a lot of the tour guys, I don't think appreciated the fact that an amateur had so much support in a building where, you know, they felt like they should have it. And Bill bowled Walter Ray. And at one point in the match, Walter Ray goes up and he just, and it's a tight match. And he just absolutely, crushes and stones an eight pin and the whole crowd's like ooh, and then everybody silences down and you hear you hear somebody go well you know what they say if you hit nine you get nine and it's my dad it was my dad talking <laughs> shit in the back okay it was my dad talking shit because he was he oh, was a bill o'neill fan and he didn't care who Bill who Bill was bowling, whoever it was, we root against that person. Um, so that's, you know, a little a little personal memory to me. I think it's really cool, Rob, that we got, like you said, we got the chance to interview Walter Ray. If people have a chance, I I really think, you know, go back and listen to that interview. It was one of our first. Uh, so we we may not be as smooth as we were back uh, as we are now, maybe, but uh, but definitely worth your time uh, to check that out for sure. sure. So um, you know, in terms of their retirement. Rob, I'd like to say something. I think that um, I'd like to see the PBA come up with a way, especially right now with these two guys retiring. I mean, this is this is really the perfect time. Okay, I would like to see them come up with a way to somehow properly honor these guys at their retirement. Right now, usually that would be like the Hall of Fame. Okay, would come after that, but. In bowling, you're inducted into the Hall of Fame while you're bowling, right? right? So you don't really have that opportunity. You know, the end of the tournament, while it was really nice to see, and I know a lot of people from the bowl, from the upper-level bowling community were there, you know, there weren't any fans there. There really wasn't any fanfare involved, uh, especially for the level that these guys are at. And I would really love to see the PBA make an effort to come up with some way to 
not only honor these two guys, but uh, honor other retirees at, at various times, maybe in years past or in, in you know future retirees, where perhaps at the Tournament of Champions, you know, I know that came up. Uh, Pete and Walter said that might be a tournament that they bowl. Maybe they can invite a few retirees to that tournament every year on the PBA and really put some fanfare behind, uh, you know, come see some of the greats of the game. Mike, compete. you know, it'd be a good idea. Go ahead. If they ran like a, um, like an exhibition where they put fa- a Baker match between five against five and they aired it and they put like, well, all like think about all the guys who are still bowling that are legends, like Walter Ray, Pete Weber, uh, you know, you could have, I don't know, Carmen Salvino, right? Like guys who are still throwing the ball. Just put Johnny Petraglia. There's so many guys that are still be able to bowl. Uh, you know, that's why bowling's a great sport because you could bowl well into your 80s and e- e- like even, the, hey, 90s if you're still able to throw it. So I feel like they need to come up with some exhibition and air it and make it a competitive, right? And, but, you know, honor them all in the same time. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I'm I'd just- like to see something a little shorter. Yeah, like I wouldn't something you know, like that. Here's here's what I think about. I think about uh like Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer uh at the Masters teeing off the first right. day on the first right, team, right? Right, right, like, right? Like now I know you I, I hate when bowling steals other ideas from other things, so I don't want to take that. But sure I like what you what you kind of brought up of kind of um you know, inviting some different people and maybe having like a best ball competition real quick. Something that they can show, you know, you can, you can show 10 minutes of during a show and say, Hey, we welcome some of the greats of the game this week. And here's what they, uh, here's what they did. But yeah, I I just, I hope the PBA does that. I hit up bill at when I, after I watched the retirement of these guys and I said, listen, man, you know, when you're ready to hang them up, you know, and I hope that's a long time from now, but when you are ready for that, we, you, me and your people, you know, meaning you too, Rob, and many others out there, shout all of our people. Uh, we need a heads up. We need a heads up, right, Rob? Like, I, I, would, I would not want Bill to end his career just by giving a speech to mainly a, a, a small gallery of people that are all involved in the high level of bowling. I right. want to be there. I want to I go out to dinner with him as soon as he's done. You know, and and talk about some of his great uh, wins and experiences on tour, and you know, perhaps organize some kind of social event around it. So, I don't know. I think I, I'd like to see the PBA kind of uh, put something in play there. But all right, Rob. Any any other final thoughts on uh, on on Weber and 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 uh, Walter Ray stepping away from the game here? No, I feel like we kind of said what we were going to say about it. I've said my piece, man. I'm going to miss. Both of them, especially Pete, on the shows because we all know how entertaining he is. And yo, know, like I need a I need a young buck to step up, take t- take you know take the reins, take the P Weber shield. You know, don't be afraid to be a little bit of a villain. Don't be afraid to be a little bit of a bad boy if that's who you are. Don't worry about the fines or the suspensions because guess what? Like it's gonna make you a lot more popular and a lot more uh, famous outside the bowling community. It's gonna lead to a lot of good things. I feel like that needs to happen. So don't be afraid to 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 be a little to have a little bit of Pete in you. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, great advice from Rob there. Yeah, crotch shop all over the place. Awesome. Oh, just uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I enjoyed it at one time, but as he got older, it got a little sticky to me. Well, know? I mean, look at like, you know, uh, if you watch wrestling, you know, the old retirees, they come out and they Hulk Hogan does his thing and right, Ric Flair right. does his thing. You know, people love that shit. They eat it up, man. It's like nostalgia. 
So, okay, Rob, the uh, the best week of bowling just wrapped up. World okay. Series bowling is over. All right, and we want to yeah. start here. We want to start here with our uh, our analysis. Okay. Okay. Uh, what are your big takeaways from the World Series of bowling, Rob? Okay, so I have a few. Some of them are and hot. Fans, some of them fans, are not. Fans, jump in, yo! Jump in the yo, conversation. We want to yeah, hear like, your I takes like too. Like, I like yeah, reading. I love and reading worry, takes. I want to put the take. I want to put the takes up. Like, let's Mike, hear your takes. What are the big stories here? Mike, there's a lot of comments about Pete's f bomb. We are going to talk about that. Okay, so we we got a question from I'd rather be bowling about what do I think of Coley's reaction for the f bomb. Yeah, I, oh, I'd love to get into that a little bit. She probably was like, oh, oh my God, an F-bomb. Uh, you know, so anyway, uh, one is um, first-time champions, right? Cooley was first-time champion. Uh, Maldonado, first-time champion. Doherty, first-time major champion, right? Uh, Tom Doherty, home house, right? That needs to be talked about a lot because – that was literally the pairs they bowled on were literally the pairs in front of his pro shop. Okay. Say whatever so, you want to so, say. It's so, just so calling a fact a fact. Let's talk about that. Let's okay. talk about that. Right. Uh, uh, here's my, here's my take on that, Rob. Uh, the PBA used to travel around to many different houses all over the country. Sure. Yeah. Right? Back in the good days, the glory 30 days. stops, 35 stops, 30 different mm-hmm. bowling alleys, 30 different cities, et cetera. This World Series was conducted in a bowling center that I, to my knowledge, you know, has never really regularly been used by the PBA. Okay. The World Series of bowling traditionally, Rob, has been in and out and and rotated around basically the same centers. (laughs) Is that fair to say? I mean, fair to say. 12 years of the World Series, and I think it, you know, it's only been in a handful of years. My brother's hot take. <laughs> wow, the guy okay. doesn't win in ten right. years, and he wins in two in one week. So, so, so listen, let's let's talk about it, folks. Let's, let's uh, talk. yeah, let's, 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 let's dig get into, into this. it. Let's analyze. So, my my point on Twitter, Rob, was I think what this week proved to me is that if the PBA traveled around to many different houses all over the place, and there was always different places they were going, okay, I think that we probably would have seen a good deal of different results over the last 12 years than we have. And and I want to say this. I want to be clear here. I am not taking anything away from the bowlers who performed in that period of 12 years. But at the same time, I think it's pretty clear after one time that you take it out of these same places that they had had it. And as your brother said, a guy who really has not had a, a lot of success in 10 years absolutely dominates the competition because that's what he did, okay? He absolutely dominated the competition, crushed the competition. He probably should have had a third title in the doubles as well, okay? But, you know, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, So so am I right, Rob? Do you agree with me that if they traveled around all over the place over the last 12 years, perhaps the results would have bared out a bit differently than what we've seen? Absolutely, because ball roll and your ball rolling in certain buildings is real thing, okay? Um, and just being a bowler, you know when you go to a certain bowling center, if you have you have success in that building prior or you haven't made a cut there in, in your whole life. Why is that? Because your ball roll and how you, your speed, 
you know, everybody has a unique ball roll and a release, right? There are no two releases are the same, Mike. No two releases are the same. Everybody has different rolls, ball speed, styles. And when your ball speed and your ball roll matches in one building and you're in that level of a pro, it's easy to, you know, strike. Now here, I'm going to ask a question to you, Mike, and I'm going to ask a question to the chat. Could you imagine if the World Series of Bowling was at Jason Belmonte's home house in Orange, Australia? Mike, what would he do in that building if the World Series of Bowling was there? It's a fair question, right? Because this is what Tom Doherty did, right? He runs the pro shop there. He's bowled there for how many years, he said. he This is his house, right? So for him, for them to put it in a center where he's you know, really that comfortable with everything. And you could tell it was just completely on a different level of everybody else is, is a little to me, you know, like, I don't know. I'm not taking any credit away from Darty, right? He bowled amazing. He was throwing the ball. Great. It's true, but I, it's a point, Richie. Like it's a point that I'm trying to make. Like it's a point of the same. No, no, no. It's a point that I'm trying to make. I'm glad he's in the chat because all I'm saying is like I'm not taking anything away from Darty. I'm I'm saying that right, but my take is here is look the the guy's bowling on TV that he bowled on for 20 years outside the pro shop. I mean, there's got to be some kind of advantage, no? Like he's got to know the lanes, he's got to know a lot what's going on. He'd be the first to tell you too that he knew that bowling center. Um, <laughs> I I think so, I think you're you the the point I more agree with you there, Rob. On is the the idea of ball roll matchup. And I think this was probably a combination of both where the knowledge of the, the house and his confidence there and him matching up well there, uh, you know, probably were, were all had something to do with what we saw. Right. Again, not taking anything away from him. I'm not. But, we're um, not. He pulled amazing. No, not at he all. No, he dominated. So like, and, and, and listen, these are the best bowlers in the world. Make no mistake. These are the best bowlers in the world. So any advantage you give them. It really, it, it really sure. doesn't matter. They, they're For they're sure. likely to overcome it. Okay, so it, it, you know, all things being equal, though talent being equal. You know, an advantage like having a great ball roll in a particular place that works for you can give you a lot of confidence and give you that extra boost you need to to perform at that level and really dominate like he did. So um, I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was a great topic to bring up. Whoever brought that up in the chat. It's a good uh, story. I thought, I thought it's that a, was it's, great. You asked me what the storylines of the World Series were. First time so titleist. Let's, let's let's piggyback off of the Darty talk about his house, right? All right, Rob, I'm going to make another statement here, right? Uh, Tom Darty is the clear favorite for Player of the Year. I mean, right now he is him and Troop, but there's still two majors left. So we'll see. I mean, look, he's so, got a lot so of momentum. Does the, does the same going... person does the same person have to win both majors? No. To knock it. No. So so Dude, so. Wait a second. So outside of Kyle Troop winning one of the next two majors, yeah. Wh who would win? Who would win a major? Right. That would knock Prather? Tom Darty out of the box. Prather. If Prather wins a major, he'd be Dude. a doubles title and a major. And he, I mean, he's got a bunch of shows on top of it. Okay. All right. I mean, I'll I'll take that. Argument, title but... is still a title. I mean, so okay. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I I think I, I really feel like Tom Darty. You know, has has a huge uh, advantage in the it player does, of the if, year category here. If Darty misses the Open and the Masters, just to say he misses both cuts, 
and Prather comes in and wins. Frankie. Okay, Frankie. Good point, Stu. Good point. All right, Buttriff. Buttriff. All right. Okay. You still right, got I'll take, some, some, shots I'll take some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Shots. Okay. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. So you got a few of them that are up there, but uh, yeah. Uh, also, so player of the year, right? It's still early. This The season still ends what? It ends after the playoffs, right? So there's still the ma- the majors and then the playoffs. So you still got a few big uh, big tournaments, right? Um. Oh, the weed man's gonna win rookie of the year, probably. I mean, I don't see anybody hey, else yo, like being the weed man. Great, great, great performance by him, by the way. Shout to him. The weed I man. Mean, the weed man was yeah. knocking off, let, knocking off Bill Kyle. You know, I, I said on, I said on Twitter, like he reminds me of Ryan Schaefer in the sense that, like, you look at his game and he doesn't have a very textbook traditional game. And it looks like there's some flaws in his game that would kind of expose him. And then you look at his ball roll, and it's it, the the ball reacts in a way that you wouldn't expect it to for the way that it looks like it's coming off his hand. And, but the guy strikes. He beat Bill. He beat Kyle Troop. I mean, the guy strikes. He got on the show. He bowled good on the show. So, uh, yeah, yo, shout to him. Shout to him, man. I, you know, uh, I was uh, thinking great more performance. Like so somebody's saying that Tom Darty is not bowling the majors. He's not bowling the U.S. Open in the Masters. He's the hottest bowler on the true. planet, and he's not going to bowl the two majors. True. Where no, are we getting that information true. from? Can somebody no, confirm that for true. us that actually – come on. I don't know. No, the, I don't know. The weed, the, the, the weed man is more to me like Steve Jaros than he is, uh, you know, just got that like, white glasses. And All right, so <laughs> piggyback on Darty again, Rob. The guy had a heart attack. I know. The that was a crazy story, right? Breaking news right on the show. Uh, and, and and if if you watched the flow bowling behind the scenes, uh, was the by far best six minutes I've ever watched on flow bowling of Tom Doherty mic'd up, just because to me that I was laughing out loud pretty much the whole thing. Uh, dude, Doherty's a great story because yeah, you respect the twenty years grind, man, of him just dude grinding out twenty years, right, getting a title and then getting his first major. Uh, so. You know, Champa Bay or or Tampa Tom or whatever you want to call them, man. I right, so Rob, apparently the people in the chat are telling us that on the flow interview, which I actually I didn't watch uh, because I didn't have a very long lunch today, uh, that he said he's not bowling the two upcoming majors. Yo, that's crazy to me. That's crazy. I mean, I know he made a lot of money last week, but Rob, right. when you're hot, you want to get out there and bowl the next tournament, right? He's opening up. He's he doesn't obviously really really care about Player of the Year. Then that to me that would I mean yeah he cares about it. But dude, if you really want to lock it up, make one more show on on a U.S. Open or a Masters, and you're you're locked. He gives open the door for a Frankie, a Buttriff, uh, uh, you know, Kyle Troop, right? So wow. Well, anyway, I, we'll I see. Say I'm really surprised by that. Whoa. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't maybe know. he'll change. I don't want to comment. Spin. I don't want to comment. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something that we're not aware of there. So yeah, if there be. is, if there is, we, you know, I don't, I don't want to uh, harp on it too much in in case there is something there. So shout to yeah. Tom Darty if he does have something going on that's preventing him from bowling the majors. I hope whatever it is. Dude, is Jimmy's right. saying that his doctor told him to to chill out. Um, okay. Maybe maybe it does have something to do with the heart and the pressure of bowling that much. Okay. It's a possibility right. coming off a heart attack. 
I mean, really, like it's, it's true, it especially going healthy. through that whole week. I mean, that I week know. had to be an emotional roller coaster for him. For you sure. know? And, and, and it could have put us. I mean, and I'm listen, I say this in all seriousness, folks. It really could have put a lot of stress on his heart. Being sure. out there bowling for that kind of money, you know, and and going through that and being Charlie in those Top positions, kills so. me. dude. Charlie Tappy, the chopstick. He's looking at his chops for the bowler for the bolero rumble. Yeah, he's skipping the mad. He's skipping the majors to bowl the rumble. You know, you know what annoys, you know what annoys you me the most about that shit, Charlie, is that when you go to their website, like that's the biggest thing that works on their website. Is 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 the ad for the Bolero Rumble? That it Dude, drives I mean, you got to get people in the building anyway. So okay, right, so, so enough we're about moving Tom. on. We're moving My on. Next we're moving on, right? But no, like, next- we, yo, we we had to give time to that Rob because yeah. he dominated. Shout to him. I want to get him great. on the show. He ignored me on Twitter. He ignored me on Twitter. Yeah, sorry. because everybody else him. ignores you on Twitter. Don't worry. No, about it's all right. Him. We'll just- get at him. We'll get at him. He's <laughs> probably he's probably he's probably booked on Beef and Barnsey, and that's why he didn't want to hit me back up. But it's all right. You know, yeah. we'll uh, we'll work it out. We'll work it yeah, out. We'll, we'll do our best. Hey, well, he doesn't want to answer the tough questions. If you want to answer the lobs, go to Beef and Barnsey. All right, can I Love you, can Stu. I bring up <laughs> can you, I Stu. bring up a uh, can I bring up a big story? Can I bring okay. up a storyline? What do you got? Uh, Rob, we're gonna catch some shit over this one. I feel like okay. Uh, one of the biggest storylines in the World Series to me, Rob, was that the best the the person who almost everyone considers the best bowler in the world got shut out man belmo had a tough week bro i, I was su- surprised as much as anybody else how bad of a week he had made one top 16 and didn't make the casters round for the world championship but mike i'm going to stress this point that i said a few a uh, few minutes ago earlier in the show when you're when you're ball rolling you you don't match man sometimes you don't match but if you're the best in the world, you're going to find a way to to make it work. Um, he did make a top 16, made a top eight, almost made that last show, but uh, he ran into Prather, who just completely uh, you know, ran him over 3-0. Three, three Look like you got to give him a little bit of uh, – sometimes you got to give him a little bit of slack, uh, Belmonte. Like you got to give him some, uh, some just leeway, man. Maybe – he, 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 it was, I don't know. I'm not making any excuses for him. He won't make any excuses. All, all great, all great players. All great players falter sometimes. I mean, Tom Brady has, has lost Super Bowls. You know, he, he's lost big games. Uh, this happens, you know, uh, Rob, if we, if we really wanted to come on here and play, you know, the hot take game, the hot, if the, if there were a lot of voices in the, in the bowling community that are, that are analyzing things through the way that we are, you know, and it became a game of, Hey, who's going to say the, the hotter thing? Who's going to say the more outrageous thing? I could picture people coming out and saying, Belmonte's done. It's over. His run is over. He's done. And listen, you know, you're way off base if, if if that's where you want to go with it, right? Because uh, this, as I said, as we discussed, Rob, this was in a, a center that the PBA has not frequented at all uh, very much on the national level over the years. Uh, sometimes ball roll and matching up and being able to get your ball to go through the pins the right way has a lot to do with, you know, success or failure at this level. I mean, these guys are that good, okay? Uh, so in no way, shape, or form am I going that far, but Rob, it's noticeable when you go on to the standings and you look for Belmonte and you expect him to be in the top five or the top 10 and he's in 70th. 
Okay. Yeah, that's, I hear that's rather thing. shocking. That's rather shocking. But you know, you, listen I again. Watched. You know, everybody everybody ha- has this. He's entitled to it. He'll be back. Mike, if I you watched any of his flow qualifying or flow like just in general, um, I watched a lot this week. He just could not get the ball to, to to face the pins the right way, and I feel like his ball roll had a lot to do with it. If you look at someone like Kyle Troop, a two hander. Tom Doherty, a two-hander, even Maldonado, a two-hander. What's the difference between them and Belmo when they both when they all throw the ball? Belmo's a little bit more to the side. He's got a little bit more side roll. Uh, he gets the ball down the lane easier down the front part of the lane than, than all three of them do. And I feel like that was his problem because Doherty even said it on the show. His advantage was he was able to use shiny stuff and able to still get his ball uh, you know, to 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 face the pins the right way. Belmo, if he was trying to use shiny equipment, his ball went way too long, and he either ten pinned or he two a ten. Same thing that happened with Bill O'Neill. Bill O'Neill, you know, didn't he, he didn't have enough hand. I hate to say it because we used to call the kid Buzzsaw. He didn't have enough hand to to use a, a shiny like a, a rebel hammer or whatever an Intel that that Darty was using. Uh, and I feel like it was just look he didn't his ball roll and you know just everything about belmo's game just didn't match that that building and i i guarantee you belmo was not sad to see that uh tournament leave that place yeah agreed all right so rob uh the last big story so we talked about first time winners we talked about darty and his domination of the world series we talked about uh belmo and, and the shocking uh outcomes there uh, last big story I want to throw out there, Rob, and, and again, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to be a hot take artist here. I think this is fair. I think this is fair analysis. Uh, Rob, a couple shots more uh, concentration, okay? A couple, two specifically better shots from Kyle Troop, and he may have been walking away from this World Series as the absolute lock for player of the year with no way that anyone would catch him. And perhaps looking at uh, the possibility of a half million dollar season. Okay. He misses a spare in the doubles match that cost them the title. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't say it cost them a title, but it would have been a good run. Cost them a shot at the title. Right. And then uh, has a poor performance against Darty. Uh, in the in the finals uh, of that event where they met each other, it was just one shot troop through in the in the in the in the Darty match, but nobody was beating Darty. I mean, it really came down to like one shot. It was a two eight ten. But you're right, though. My opinion, though, and it, you know, take it for what it is. Kyle Troop right now is the best player in the world, or the hottest player in the world right now. I think he's 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 throwing it. He's shown that he's now a top one or two bowlers in the world uh, right now at this present time. Um, I'd be shocked. Agreed. I said it on Twitter. I said it on Twitter, you know, um, uh, that, that he's at a point now where it's, it's never going to be a surprise to me to see him at the top of the standings or see that he's making a run or see him make a show. Uh, but Rob, you know, it comes down to, those instances uh, that, that you're describing and that you're talking about that sometimes decide uh, the win or the loss, right? And that's important in, in the grand scheme of things. And and that's one of the things that I love about watching bowling is that sometimes major 
major championships, uh, major awards can come down literally to just the, the difference between this shot or that shot. And I think that's what we saw here in the World Series. And I'll be honest, I thought Kyle Troop had kind of put that behind him. Okay. And I saw that come back out again here. So as we go forward, while I do expect him to make shows like you, Rob, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking for that. I'm gonna be, you know, looking at it in, through the lens of is is he coming and and really buckling down in the times where it, it, the winning and the losing is going to be decided. Yeah, he definitely could have took advantage of some opportune moments, but. I mean, if you look at some of the, the best bowlers in the world and you look at their records on TV, I mean, Walter Ray didn't have a great record on TV. Fair uh, point. You know, so he, I feel like he, as long as he keeps making shows, he's going to be, he's going to win. Um, but, you know, it's good for him to just make shows at this point because he's setting himself up to win. And the, the, every, every show he makes, he gains experience. And Mike, I think he's only like 26 or 25 years old. So... Him and Simo are the futures of the of the sport, no doubt in my mind. I think they're going to be the the future. They're going to be the ones clashing all the time, you know. And then you could throw in a Frankie. Uh, you could throw in, you know, uh, someone like a Yes for Svensson. These guys are the, they're really the future of the sport. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But so real quick, uh, yeah, they're they're definitely tired. They these guys had. Such long weeks, Charlie. Uh, Charlie Tapp in the, in the uh, chat room says some of these guys have got to be tired. Easy to toss a few bad ones. Yeah, for sure. A lot of exhaustion. Hands are hurting. Wrists are hurting. Knees are hurting. You know, Darty, it does not getting any younger either. And he just came off a heart attack. He's 46. So uh, for him and, to perform how he did was incredible, honestly. And they weren't uh, that easy out there. No. Oh, God, no. You know, it was, it was EJ, easy to miss. EJ. Right. Okay. Yeah. EJ Tackett had a great week, but he, he seems to kind of, he's, he's been, he's been crumbling a little bit in, in match play and, and struggling a lot when it's coming down late. Hate to say it. I mean, I'm just calling a spade a spade right now. Uh, he needs to start performing a lot better in the, in the clutch and, and, and on TV, especially. Uh, so is Marshall Ken too. He struggled on TV. Uh, you know, he's another one who, who rides the struggle bus on TV. So, not not easy bowling on TV, Mike. Uh, so one of the real last storyline I want to talk about before we move on uh, is uh, the, the 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 use of urethane on TV and compared to actually who's winning. Uh, I don't think anybody won using a urethane ball this week, Mike. Uh, I'm just looking at the winners. Darty was using an Intel. Maldonado was using. Uh, I think an uh, Omni, an uh, Ebonite Omni, uh, who switched out of a urethane, which, by the way, tweeted that morning saying, I don't think I remember the last time someone actually switched out of a urethane mid-show to a reactive resin. Uh, look, yeah, Walter Ray making a run, which I almost called him to make that show, almost predicted him last week to make that show, and I was getting a lot of shit for it in the chat room, so screw you guys. Um, but, yeah, uh, Maldonado got out of the first game using a urethane, and then he switched to a resin and seemed he had it wide open. Sam Cooley, right, using a, a reactive urethane, a reactive resin, being able to 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 almost hook the whole lane, beating Prather slow hooking when Prather's still trying to use a urethane. Uh, you know, Butchriff 
is never getting out of the urethane. So he's going down with the ship, right? Like he, if his ball switches to just switch to a more reactive, you know, urethane, right? So Tang is another one, right? Who likes to stay with urethane as long as he can. I feel like to me, it's a storyline because if I'm sitting there watching and I'm, I'm watching the previous shows, I'm seeing all these people win titles using reactive, Dude, I'm I'm pulling that trigger quick on the urethane if I'm not striking from the get-go, right? Um, and just the, 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 these guys, I think the new generation these days, they're so handcuffed to the urethane balls that it's so hard for them to switch out of it. But Maldonado switched out of it, and look what happened to him. He had so much of a better look when he did switch out of it. So, Mike, you know, it, it's the urethane. It just it's good for a purpose. But I feel like sometimes these pros are getting a little bit too married to their pro to their urethanes, and they're not switching out of them quick enough. I think that the format contributed to that a little bit too, because you didn't have to shoot the highest game; you just had to avoid shooting the lowest game. And I think that kind of might lead people to say, "Oh, well, I'm going to play the safer look," which urethane usually tends to be. Uh, now, as you said, it, it didn't seem to work out in the long run. Uh, but I, you know, honestly, I, I really don't think the urethane is that big of a deal. Uh, you know, I saw I saw uh, Dick Allen in the chat earlier. Uh, he actually compared liking urethane to liking a dog shitting on your lawn earlier this week. So I don't know if he's still that. here. Maybe we should we could get some follow up to that. Uh, clearly, not a fan. I got to be honest, I don't really see what the big deal is. It's a tool of bowling, right? If people want to throw plastic, let them throw plastic. If they want to throw your thing, throw your thing. You want to throw resin or whatever, throw whatever you want, right? If it gets it done, it gets it done. Uh, you know, I think that bowlers worry too much about what other bowlers are, are doing at times. You know, I think that uh, particularly if you're at that level, uh, there should always be an adjustment or a move that you can make or a way that you can bat, you can combat whatever is going out there on, on the lane. So I don't really have that strong of an opinion on the use of urethane. I use urethane a lot when I bowl on sport patterns. I use urethane a lot when I bowl in my sport league, when I was bowling it, I use urethane. If I bowl on a house pattern, sometimes if the gutters really hook. So, uh, I don't really have too much against it, you know, but I, I look at it as a tool of bowling. Um, you know, I do think it's overused. I do. I think. Well, that was I my think point. It's a bit overused. No, it, it is. It is. I, I agree with like, that. But I also at, think that people out there at, at times, like I said, even in a regular event where there's a lot of qualifying games in the beginning, when the lanes are very touchy, very. T I mean, Rob, come on, you know, like the conditions these guys are bowling on. If you're using something reactive. It doesn't take much to drastically change the re the way the ball reacts down the lane, right? So using no, urethane is is a way to kind of combat that that early reaction and keep things more under control. Mike, but here's my issue, okay? My biggest issue. I'm a biggest proponent of urethane, okay? I I love urethane. If anybody knows me and my bowling and when when I bowl, if I'm able to use that purple ball outside of five or ten. I mean, I love that shit. Like, that's a field day for me. But here's my point is the one thing that's great about urethane is urethane is very quick to tell you when you need to switch out of it. You know, right? You know instantly when it's time to switch out. You go 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8, 2-8,
right? You miss right, 2-8, and then you miss left, and it checks up early, and you go through the nose, and then you try to move left, and then you wash out, and then you flat 10, and then you, you know, there's just a lot of times when the ball tells you. There's a story, right? Prather, the ball told him in his last two shots before he bowled that final match against Cooley, it might be time to switch out of this urethane. He went through the face, 2-8, right? Prather is the best at slow hooking the lane. He's one of the top in the world of doing it, right? There's nobody, in my opinion, that's better than slow hooking it than Prather. And then Cooley beats Prather slow hooking it, and Prather's still using urethane. I, I just, I look like I'm just going to criticize Prather here. He should have switched out of that res, uh, urethane at least maybe by the first, um, first, maybe like the third or fourth frame, and then try to like be where Cooley was because he knew watching Cooley's reaction. You knew you didn't have a chance beating him by throwing your thing. This kid's his reaction was amazing. So like you, you me, I'd rather switch out of a ball and at least try something that maybe he's going to compete and maybe die, go down with the ship with the with the reactive. All right, fair point. Fair point. Okay. Good discussion there. Uh, so Rob, we wanted to just uh, open up for comment on the basically just the final matches of of the three pattern shows right so you had uh, the Cooley Prather you had Sam Cooley and Chris Prather in the Cheetah you had Buttriff and Maldonado uh in the uh uh, Chameleon Chameleon. I believe Mm -hmm. and you had Darty and Troop in the Scorpion last night uh, I, I feel like I feel like we kind of covered the Darty Troop match, like we we talked about, yeah. you know, yeah, kind of yeah. the key shots there and stuff. So, uh, any thoughts from you on the Cooley Prather match or the Butcher Maldonado match? Well, I just talked about the the Cooley Prather match. It was it was Prather was trying to use urethane, and Cooley had a great look playing hooking the lane, and the match was gone. It was a foregone conclusion from the get go. Honestly, like Prather didn't have a chance to win that match uh, because of what Sam, he was. Sam how Cooley, was Sam Cooley was the best bowler on that show the whole night. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, his ball, his reaction was amazing. He was able to throw the ball right uh, and uh, create creating push on Cheetah. Is I don't know. Ask Fox Sports about uh, the ring. Yeah, what, what were the, the odds, odds of Cooley winning him title? Yeah, uh, um, and you know what, Jimmy? Uh, yeah, we couldn't tell you because there was no betting on Fox yeah. Sports for some reason. Uh, this week. I'm, yeah, I'm, it, I'm it, over it's, that. Yo, it's such garbage, Joe. Seriously, like I don't understand why they can't get it together. But all right, I don't know. back to the anyway. bowling talk, Rob. Uh, I yeah. want to comment a little bit on uh, the Maldonado-Buttriff match. Uh, you know, I... I thought again, like like I said about Sam Cooley, you know, kind of bowling the best on the show the whole night. I, I thought Maldonado bowled great as well. I thought he really deserved to win that title. Um, you know, he had a little slip up towards the end of that last game there. Like he started, I think, with the front seven and on the a shot oh, pick three, three off, off the, the right. right. It was right? I think the front six, yeah. And I got <laughs> I, I got kind of nervous for him cuz I was like, man, this guy's under an immense amount of pressure trying to win his first title here and bowling against somebody who's, you know, good and experienced. So, I was really glad to see him get that done. I thought that I thought it was awesome to see Cooley and Maldonado win their their first title. Eddie, um, what's up, man? Good to see you in the chat. Uh Eddie Grooman, what when do you think Butcher will get his W? Uh, he'll, 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 he'll keep putting himself in the position to get it. Uh, I want to see, and I talked about this last week. I want to see Butcher get a little bit more of a killer instinct in him on the TV show. Uh, 
Butchiff needs to to go out there and stop worrying about taking selfies with his opponents after and stop worrying about his social media and actually starting to win. Honestly, hate to say it. That might be a hot take. Killer Instinct. We brought it up. We brought it up over the weekend, Rob, on the Sunday yep. show. Killer Instinct. All right. We're going to move on because we're, we're, we're going to wrap it up here soon. Yep. Uh, entertainment value of the shows, Rob. Um, I didn't really think the, the, the cheetah show was so entertaining. Uh, it, I mean, it's cool to see someone like Cooley who never made a show and kind of win his first title, you know, Maldonado winning his first title. I think that was pretty entertaining. Uh, in the fact where you just saw some new blood, uh, I'd like to see some, you know, look, I'm, I'm going to be the dead horse. I'm not going to be the dead horse. My guy came at conclusion. I don't want to go in and talk about how there needs to be more, you know, banter between the players and there needs to be more, you know, competitive, like in your face type bowling. Uh, but overall pretty entertaining. I think Darty is pretty entertaining. Honestly, uh, I like watching him on TV because he's always got something to say. Uh, you never know when he's going to kind of go off the handle. Uh, so there's always that, uh, reaction, but, uh, I thought, well, Rob, you gonna, loved you oh, loved the f bomb. I mean, you thought the oh, f bomb was the most F-bomb. entertaining. Okay, you know, so I'm trying to tee it up for you to hear yeah. to talk about the f bomb. So real quick, and yeah, you're real shitting quick. the bed here, son. No, 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 because I was getting to that. Um, I'm just thinking about the shows in general. One, I kind of felt like there was a little bit too much talking on the shows. Uh, there just seemed to be a little bit too much commentary. Uh, there was some like even. TV time when there was a few minutes where there was no bowling, it was just them talking, and then they went to another commercial. I felt like they could use that time to maybe do something different, showcase the pros, showcase the miking up the pros, do something different instead of hearing Randy and, and Dave Ryan, who is my my opinion a lot better than Rob Stone. Uh, love Dave Ryan a lot better than Rob Stone, uh, just my opinion. But Pete Weber's f bomb and him uh, questionably. Was he intoxicated, Mike, when he dropped that F-bomb? And here's the thing is, I see all these people on USBC message boards and PBA and all the comments, you know, people like Coley. Like, I I saw a thing that said, oh, Coley, what was her reaction to the F-bomb? Look, if you're watching our show right now, like, you don't give a shit about an F-bomb getting dropped, okay? If you do, then you're watching the wrong show, okay? Um, I thought that was complete Pete. Loved it. Uh, you know, would, would love to see more pros drop F-bombs while they're bowling. Uh, personally, I think that's really entertaining. Uh, Pete reminded me of when Joe Namath was drunk talking to Susie. And he was like, hey, Susie, give me a kiss. That's what Pete Weber reminded me of. Uh, <laughs> hey, who could blame the guy, right? He just is celebrating uh, uh, one of the most legendary, greatest careers of all time. He just retired, right? It's, it's you know, a Wednesday night. You know, everybody's probably buying him drinks. You know, let's let the guy have some fun. So we dropped an F-bomb. Man, the cancel culture needs to – God, I hate them. Like, dude, big deal. Who cares? Fucking cry me a river about an F-bomb. Dude, I loved it. I don't know. I, I Honestly, oh. I, I would like to see – I would No, no, hear me out. Hear me out. As I said, like, it, the older somebody gets, I think the more sticky it becomes. And I don't know. I, I would just like to see the greats of the game – uh, you know, ha- have have a higher kind of a higher level of reverence publicly. Publicly, it's okay privately, but publicly, I don't know. 
Dude, okay. Shep, Shep is like even Jillian F-bomb during the PBA Junior show. Dude, Jillian Martin's awesome. Like, <laughs> I got to get that girl on the show. Seriously, like, I don't care. Big deal, dude. He had some drinks. Okay. He was celebrating. Let the guy Fair have enough. some fun. So, Who cares? You know what? If it, you can't take an F-bomb, then get the fuck out of here. Don't even don't watch. In, in, terms <laughs> of, uh, in terms of the entertainment value to me, I'll say that I thought there was way more entertainment value in what Flo was doing than in what the PBA did. Uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff from Flo, shout to Matt Waz. I know he was there on site this week helping out. Shout to Lucas. You know, Obviously, he's running the show there. Uh, I thought they did an excellent job. They did. I, they thought, did. That, I thought that the behind-the-scenes stuff that they did was some of the best stuff I've seen uh, in, in bowling entertainment in quite some time. Uh, Rob, I'm going to appeal to the PBA uh, to – you know, like like they like to say that they're 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 making changes and they're doing this or that to bowling, but cr- quite frankly, what I see is the same old, same old, to a large degree. And I would really like to appeal, and I feel like this is not the first time I said this. I may have even said it over the weekend, but I really want to appeal to them to to take some risk and make some major changes to the show. You know, do something different. Do something that's never been. Try something. Do something different that's never been done before. Why is it the same old, same old still when, you know, there's a lot of talk about change or or doing things differently? Like, I really want to see something done differently. Uh, You know, I think that there should be some kind of inner working between Flow and the PBA and Fox or FS1 where they get some of these uh, pieces produced by Flow on the show like a Tom Doherty mic'd up. Uh, you know, maybe even a little bit more involved in that. Maybe, you know, listen, I'm even at the point where you want to take away a, a, a game from the show. Go right ahead. I have no problem with that at this point to try something different. But, you know, I, mean, I look like, you know what, you know what they need to do? And this is just me throwing out ideas. They need to like get a camera crew. Go back with Kyle Troop. OK, go back to his hometown. Let's see where he grew up. Um, let's see the Wendy's he worked at, right? Maybe not, go interview I don't, the I don't even need that. I don't even I'm need that. I'm some- talking about the action during the week. I want to see the players cursing, throwing their mask, getting frustrated, having conversations with each other about stuff that's bowling and non-bowling related. But to me, it can all take place in the time frame of the tournament occurring. I think what you're talking about, Rob, is nice if they have easy access to it. But in order to do something like the Simonson documentary, which they did, which honestly wasn't even that long, it took them months of work to do that. So you're at least talking about a couple weeks of work to do what you're talking about, whereas what I'm talking about I think is something that's a few hours worth of work, maybe a day or two worth of work in terms of producing it on site and being able to get it done. And I don't think you even need to see the – Rob, in order to get into the players' personal lives and show that side, first got to know who do the people relate to. And the way you're going to find out if they relate to them is by putting out clips like that Darty mic'd up to feature more players, right? You look at that Darty mic'd up clip, there's three, four, five things that he brings up that could make the, any average person that watches that, whether they bowl or not, uh, relate to him, okay? So, you know, I, I, I think that that's a good thing. You know, I think that it's uh, it would be interesting to see that. And, you know, like I said, I, I'd like to see major changes with the show at this point. I'm tired of turning on the show and seeing the same old, same old shit that is going on 
for however many years and has not yeah. worked and got Rob, it applies to a lot of shit to me. You know, not like like not only the set, uh, not only the the formats, not only the number of games, the announcers. I mean, listen, I think everything should be fair game for change right now. Okay. So, you know, listen, you you think Pete Weber's so entertaining, he's dropping F bombs on TV, sign him up to be in the booth. You know, if 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 that's worth a shot. If that's going to attract some people and get attention, try that. If you want, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just using an example. I like that so idea. I, like I want to see. I want to see some really. I want to see some serious. Uh, you I know, think. And look, coverage there. I, I might get criticized for this, but when the PBA realizes that actually bowling itself doesn't get ratings, then they might actually wake up and start trying to change things because bowling itself, people throwing bowling balls down the lane doesn't get ratings it people it doesn't bring in new viewers no one's flipping through the channels and watching a guy throw a bowling ball down the lane is going to be like oh let me let me watch this and get involved in this there's other things to get people involved in maybe charlie tap in the chat room says in the bar uh of the of the players uh, after they missed the cut right that would be kind of funny to mic them up and see what they're talking about when they're in the bar drinking look you're right well, the same old bowling. Look, you know what the definition of insanity, Mike, is doing the same thing and expecting different results. You know, True. and that's kind of where we're at. So, anyway, well, cool, Bye, man. Rob. Yeah. yeah. Rob. Rob. Yes, sir. Everybody knows what time it is, Rob. Yes, sir. It's our favorite time of the show. All right, Rob, what do you got? Okay, so this week, worst of the week, I noticed a bunch of worst of the week posts that I couldn't drum up all in the one thread, okay? So this is something just a, a majority where I see across the bowling spectrum when you're, when you're reading the USBC message boards, when you're reading the Storm pages, the DVA pages, there are so many people out there that are just too cheap to buy a new bowling ball. They're always looking for like half-fast ways to, you know, to fix a, a, an old bowling ball or find some kind of gem, right? I saw a couple days ago where someone put a post up where they 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 found a cherry vibe for three dollars at a vintage sale, and that the ball fits them perfectly and they're gonna throw it in league. I saw some guy he had a, a, a crater. And a hole in his ball that like the whole fingers were gone. The pin was cracked out. There was literally a hole the size of probably like a, a, a jar in his ball. And he's like, I think I'm going to, can this be plugged? I, I got, I'm going to plug this, buy a new bowling ball. Is it that like, are people that strapped these days for cash? Mike, Stimmy, everyone just got their stymie money. Their stimmy stimmy money. money. Go use some. Go use a hundred. Call it a stymie. It's stymie. I call it a stymie. You call it a stymie. No, it's stimulus. It's stimulus. Yeah, it's but it's a stymie. You know, no, it's not stymie. It's stymie. It's all right. To be clear, you you do you. I'll do me. Okay, you do you. I'll do me. So I want to. I want to go spend your stymie. Go go to the pro shop. Take hundred fifty dollars instead of buying a three dollar cherry vibe. 
you know, you know the you know those memes that have been going around where it's like yeah, yeah, bank yeah. account fourteen hundred, right? I yeah. really wanted to do one. I didn't get around to doing it, but I'll share it here. It was gonna be uh bank account fourteen hundred, me. Give me all the balls that bowling ball companies have released in the last week. Really? You know what I'm saying? It's, it like, it's probably to. like it's probably like forty it, bowling balls in a week, but yeah, so that's kind of my worst of the week. Just a, a whole lot of like people that are just looking, you know, to like, put, I don't know, not spend any money at the pro shop. Like okay. that's what it comes down to. All right, fair enough. All right, uh, you know, yo, you know, guys you know got. where I'm going. You guys know yes. where I'm going. Come on, yes. man. You know, yeah. Advin. Advin. Guess who's Bizak? Guess who's Bizak? <laughs> my, back boy again. Back again. my boy Tim Buck. My boy Tim Buck. Okay. Uh, Earlier today, earlier today, strong return, fr- strong return from the Hall of Famer, and I feel like I feel like it's a great post too. I I feel like it's a great post with our conversation tonight and some of the topics. Here we go, Tim Buck coming back, worst of the week Hall of Famer. Here it is, admin, admin, knock off the Pete slip yesterday. All posts have been shut down by the group of admin. And several people broke group rules yesterday and today were muted and removed for profanity and personal attack. So please knock it off. Dude. Shout to Tim. Tim, come on. Just come on the show. Guys, can I tell you something? He doesn't get the show. He doesn't get the show because he he thinks that, like, you know, we're, we're, we're really rattling his kid. We're not. We love it. Come on the show, Tim. Come here, talk to dude, us. Dude. I did. I I, I asked him. I he, know. I know. Politely I know. declined. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, if he came on, I'd have him on every week to do worst of the week with him. If he would come <laughs> yeah. on, yo, he he should be the one deciding what worst of the week is. Oh, right. I know. I'm, I'm surprised that, that he even lets us have this fun and have this. Yeah, the bowling drill video. I would love it if one week he would come in and be like, admin, I will tell you what is worse of the week. That would be great. Good Shep, that and the bowling drone video. Oh, he was hot on the drone on the drone video. It was everybody was posting it. Dude, and then uh dude, I I got on I you know when that post got hit up, Coley wrote something about it, and I got on Coley, but she didn't say anything because I was just like, Oh, how about an article in New York Times? That have been nice on actually the World Series when it was going down instead of being happy about a bowling drone video. So I'm just like shaking my head, like, come on, like you're happy about a bowling drone video when you should be working on getting some some hot press for the World Series. But anyway, so Mike, I'm glad you got the Tim Buck because legend, the goat. He's yay, yay. When he re- Mike, when he retires, I hope it's just as big a ceremony. For when he retires and when Walter Ray and P. Weber retire. That's worse of the week. Absolutely. Um. All right, Rob, final thoughts here. Uh, yeah. Uh, looking forward to the, mas- the Masters in the U.S. Open uh, coming up in a couple weeks. Will be the best two weeks of bowling. So, you know, you have your best week of the World Series. I what are they, have my what best. are they bowling for? Like 40000 total in the two weeks? Is that what they're bowling for? Sometimes it's not about the money, Mike. Sometimes yeah. it's about the prestige. Yeah, well, people are out here prestige. bowling for a living. So, 
I know, but look, like, hey, if they didn't cash in the big money tournaments, then you're better late than never. U.S. Open Masters going to be in Reno. I'm going out on a, a hot take. <laughs> oh, yeah. More stories on being in a bowling center employee, like the mechanic crapping in a bucket and missing shoe rental. <laughs> what What was that skit that we even did? What was that skit? I don't even remember don't, how we got to those stories. I, there I was know. an interview I think we did. Did we? I'm not even sure. Oh, my goodness. Dude, my, Dave, Brooke, all the PBA guys got stimmies. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, and struggle bus is real out there. Uh, anyway, so looking forward to the best two weeks of bowling, uh, the U.S. Open and the Masters in Reno. I'm going to go out on a limb, Mike. And this is not really too much of a of a, of a, of a hot take, but Jason Belmonte is going to win one or the other. Okay. All right, fair okay. enough. That's my, uh, that's my take. My final thought is... Uh, can't you know? Really, can't wait to get back for more bowling action. Uh, I feel like I know it was I was there. pissed. It, I, know. I know it was there, and now like, it's not. No and you know, uh, I, I'm also, I'm also interested. To, I'm, I'm interested to hear two things, right, going forward. Okay, one is where the PBA playoffs going to be. Mm. That's what I want to know. Okay. Mm. You know what? Honestly, Rob, can I can I be quite frank with you? I'm actually hoping for Bayside. Ooh. I am. I'm hoping for Bayside again, right? But here's to my to my next point, Rob. I'm looking for the next part of the uh the next part of the calendar to come out. And here's why. Because vaccines are becoming readily available, right? Things are gonna. Things are eventually gonna open up a little bit more here, as I think as we go throughout the summer, right? And I want to see Rob if there are more events. Okay, number one. Number two, what do the prize funds look like in those events? And number three, and this is this is right to the point that we were making, Rob. Uh, are those events in all Bolero centers, or are there going to be some events in outside Bolero centers? Because I don't know if anybody's noticed. Uh, as of late, but and I and I'm not criticizing for this. I know it's impacted by COVID and the fact that they own the centers in certain states. I get it, but you know the 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 recent events have all been in Bolero centers, right? So I want to see that, and I'm I, I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. So that's my final thought. I'm keeping an eye on those things coming up. Uh, I can't wait for the bowling to resume. Although the best week in bowling is over, Rob. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not that hyped to watch guys bowl for thirty grand. I got to be honest. A hundred grand is a lot of money. Thirty grand is not that much money. So, uh, U.S. Open title, awesome. Master title, but awesome, Rob. We, we always get one or two guys on that master show who are like, you know, uh, unknowns or, or amateur guys, whatever you want to call. Sweet it, rolling, John Nolan. Yeah, right. So I'll never forget uh, that show. You know, we'll be watching for that, and uh, we'll still be with the people here every Wednesday. Yo, follow us, hit us up on Twitter, uh, Brooklyn Rob Eleven uh, yes, at, at the two one fifth. Email us, uh, sweep the rack at Gmail. We got a couple good emails this week. Shout to the people that emailed us. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the feedback, uh, guys. Hit us up, spread the word, let people know, let people know about the podcast. It's the best thing you could do for us. Go on iTunes, give us a rating, rate us somewhere, let somebody know about us, help us out that way. Uh, Rob, take it easy, homie. Have a good week, and uh, we'll see the people on our regular Wednesday, I would assume. Yes? Yes, sir. We'll be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Peace out, everybody. Have a good one.
are now listening to Sweep the Rack Podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike. 